Hey everyone, welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. Our prayer is that through this message, you will find the Father, a family, and a fulfilling future. Be sure to connect with us online at Cornerstone Church Social to keep up with all things Cornerstone. Thanks for tuning in. on site. Welcome to everybody watching us online today as well. My name is Jacob Young. I'm the lead pastor here at Cornerstone. Welcome to Cornerstone and welcome to October. It is like I love, I love October. It's like my favorite month of the year. And with it being the first weekend of October, it is officially, as Rachel said earlier, it is spooky season. It is spooky season. Any spooky season fans out there, this is a safe place. Don't feel like you have to be, you know, a certain way because you're in church. You're like, oh no, I, I denounce all spooky things. <laughs> like, you don't got to roll like that. It's okay. It's okay. Um, it is spooky season. And what that means here at Cornerstone, what that means specifically here at Cornerstone, is it is how to survive a horror movie time once again. If you've been with us the last two years, you know uh, this is part three of this series. After this series is over, we will have done 15 sermons on this on this topic. It's crazy to think about it that way. Uh, but we are in uh, our third part of this series. Uh, like you heard earlier, we had How to Survive a Horror Movie, How to Still Survive a Horror Movie, and now How to Always Survive a Horror Movie. And I've had people ask me as we got ready for this series, I posted about it on my Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. I post about it on social media. And I had some people direct message me. They obviously hadn't seen our previous series. And they're like, uh, yeah, what's going on with that? <laughs> like, you're, you're a church and what, what's going on? And I just reply, every now and then we just like to make people mad. That's all, that's all that it is. <laughs> no, kidding, kidding. Um, <laughs> and I was like, well, this is what it's about. Um, first off, we like to leverage every opportunity that we can throughout the year uh, to speak to people. And the fact of the matter is, is that outside of Christmas, the second most popular holiday is Halloween. Like, it's not even close. The second most popular is Halloween and this time of year. All you got to do is log on to social media and you see it. People love this time of year. They love fall. They love spooky season. They love this. And so often we can be tempted as a church to just punt on it. Like Jesus, like, like somehow Jesus isn't Lord of even this, right? But we believe he is Lord of every day throughout the year. And so we're not going to shy away from anything. We're going to leverage uh, everything to be able to talk about Jesus. Yes, even horror movies. <laughs> That's what we've been doing the last two years and we're doing this year. So if you haven't been with us, let me just give a quick recap of uh, how we use this series. So basically in horror movies, uh, there's common cliches that you see happen over and over and over and over again, right? Like they just constantly happen over and over again. And the funny thing is whenever you see them, you, you see these things pop up, there's actually a lot of truth from scripture that applies to these situations that we see in horror movies where it's like, oh man, that'll actually preach. Like that's actually a good point. You can integrate that into a sermon. And so that's exactly what we've done. We've taken all these cliches, looked at it and been like, okay, how can you survive a horror movie? And this is why this is so important for us because the fact of the matter is, is that the movie of your life at some point probably will resemble a horror movie. <laughs> it, pro it probably will. You live long enough. You, you take enough risks. You take enough steps of faith. Chances are you're gonna have moments of your life where it may have been rom-com for a while. It may have been action adventure. It may have been mystery it's horror flick now, right? Because, because you got a bad diagnosis or something happened at work that you weren't expecting or something's happening in a relationship and it, it's knocked you off course and now suddenly the fun, just kind of carefree life that you were living is gone and it's replaced with a terrifying moment. 
And you got to figure out how do I make it through this? How, how do I get through this horror movie moment of my life? And so that's what we're doing. We're looking at how we can survive a horror movie, looking at how we can do this. So we are in our final installment. The final five parts kicks off today. Are you guys ready? Are you guys ready? All right. Well, let's get to it. We're, we're going to be building off of two main uh, pieces of scripture today, and we're going to throw in an additional one from the book of Jeremiah later, but we're going to be in the book of Psalms and the book of Proverbs today. So if you have a Bible and you want to follow along, we're going to be in Psalm uh, chapter 139. And then we're gonna jump ahead to Proverbs chapter four. But this is what it says in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24, just two short verses. This is what it says. King David prays this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. What a bold and terrifying prayer that is. Search me, God. Look at my inmost being. Look at everything that's going on in me. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. And then now we're gonna skip ahead to Proverbs chapter four. This is so funny because we just read from Psalms written by King David. Now we're reading from Proverbs written by his son, King Solomon. This is what he says in Proverbs four, verses 20 through 23. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Now, in these two pieces of scripture we've just looked at, Psalm 139, Proverbs 4, uh, written by father and son, right? Uh, In these two scriptures, there's really an overarching theme that we see, uh, the main thrust of these two scriptures. And basically, if I were to condense it down into one statement, it's this. God, help me to see what I should see. Help me to see what I should see. God, search my heart and, and point out the things that I need to be paying attention to. God, I want, I want to pay attention to your word. I want to pay attention to your spirit as he speaks. Help, help me to see things as I should see so I can guard my heart effectively. God, help me to see what I should see. Could you repeat it after me? Help me to see what I should see. Help me to see what I should see. You see, if we are going to survive the horror movie moments in our life, which are coming... <laughs> Welcome to church, <laughs> right? They, they are coming. If we're, if we're gonna survive those moments when life throws us a curveball, if we are going to survive those, we have got to see things for how they actually are. We've gotta be paying attention to the things that we need to be paying attention to. God needs to help us to see what we should see. Let's pray real quick. Father God, speak to us today. Illuminate your word. We know that you tell us in your word that when you speak, when your word is preached, it never returns void. It always sets out and accomplishes what it intended to do. And we believe that's gonna happen today as we study your word that is gonna speak to us through the power of your Holy Spirit and change us more and more into Jesus. Help me today as I preach that my words would be your words and help all of us who are listening today to be able to put aside any distractions, anything that would fight for our attention so we can be present right here and right now to hear your word and allow it to transform our lives. We love you, Father, and we pray this in your name. Amen. Help me to see what I should see. This is something that people in horror movies don't do. (laughs) They do not see what they should see. Honestly, it's one of the most common horror movie cliches is that the protagonist, the, the main character, routinely, routinely does not pay attention to what they should pay attention to, 
right? Like, like for example, a horror movie, someone walks in a room, they're walking around and they look over and over in the corner, it looks like there's a person standing in the corner. And they, is that some? The lights are off, let me turn the light on. They're gone, they're gone, they're not there anymore. There's no one there. Well, of course they're not there anymore. You turned your back on them. They, they dived under the bed, they jumped in the closet, right? If, if that's me, I walk in a room, I see something in the corner, I'm unholstering my gun, and I am slowly backing up, not losing eyesight, right? I'm keeping my eye, feeling for the light switch. I am not turning my back on the six foot five shadow in the corner. Like I'm just, that's not happening. But routinely in horror movies, it happens over and over again. Probably the most famous instance of this is Halloween, the original 1978 movie, Laurie Strode. She's the, the, the original final girl, right? She's the original final girl. She's in her house. Michael Myers has been running a rampage through Haddonfield all night. He comes in uh, to contact with her. They fight. She actually isn't able to get the upper hand. She stabs him. She thinks it's over. He's laying down on the ground in, in the bedroom. She's, she stabbed him. He's laying there. And what's she do? Does she like casually walk back and sprint out of the house? No, 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 no. Of course not. That would make too much sense. No, what she does is sees him laying there, walks over to the door frame and just kind of collapses and like, oh, oh, turns her back on him, right? Turns her back on him. Chances are you've seen this. You know what I'm talking about. In the background, out of focus, you just see Michael's legs. And then all of a sudden, boom, he sits up like the undertaker, right? Just boom, he's, he's back. He's back and of course he is. Of course he is, right? She turned her back on the killer. That is Horror Movie 101. And if you're a note taker, today's sermon title uh, is exactly what Lori should have done. Keep eyes on the killer. <laughs> keep eyes on the killer. You wanna survive a horror movie, keep eyes on the killer. Don't turn your back. Don't lose sight. Don't stop paying attention to the killer. Now, if Lori had kept eyes on the killer, we wouldn't have a new Halloween movie coming out on October 14th, would we? Like all, all these sequels, just poof. Like we wouldn't need any of them, but here we are because she did not keep her eyes. And it happens movie after movie, not just the Halloween franchise, every horror movie franchise, every other horror movie you see, this happens. Oh, they must be dead now. I can just kind of go about normal life, like right here. I don't need to do anything else. They must be dead what is going on? Keep your eyes on the killer. It's so crazy, right? You watch this and you're like, are, are you dumb? Like, what are you, what are you doing? You're, you're yelling at the screen, turn around, turn around. Don't, don't lose eyesight of the killer. They're moving, they're leaving the room. Like, what are you thinking? It looks so silly in movies. And we can, we can look at these movies and think these people are like, just what in the world? What kind of dense person? I would never do anything like that. Except we do. <laughs> We do. You want to know what's funny? As I've studied for these series, which this is hilarious, like watching a horror movie and be like, it's sermon prep. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm prepping for a sermon. <laughs> but watching these movies, one of the things that's been so like illuminating, honestly, is whenever this started, because I've always liked scary movies, um, I used to always be that person. Like, what are you, are you an idiot? Like run out of the room, keep your eyes on them. Now though, after all this and seeing all the parallels, how much truth there is in these movies with how we actually react and respond to things. Now, whenever I'm at like a movie and you hear someone say like, you idiot, run away. I'm like, hey, give, give her some grace. <laughs> you don't know what she's been through. You don't know what's going on because, because I get it. Because I get it. I, I see things now and I'm like, uh, that's us. Like, that's us. We, we do the exact same thing. We constantly are losing sight of our killer, 
our sin, our weaknesses, our struggle areas. We are constantly losing sight of them. We're constantly not seeing them for how we should see them. And here's the fact, it's just like those horror movies. When we do that, when we lose sight of the killer, when we lose sight of our sin, of our weaknesses, of our struggle areas, when we do that, just like this movies, we are living on borrowed time. We're, we're living on borrowed time. Chances are, if we don't start seeing things the way we should, if we're not paying attention to what we should pay attention to, we're not going to live to see the sequel. <laughs> we're not going to make it to the credits roll. We need to see things correctly. We need God to help us see what we should see. Because honestly, we, 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 we ignore our weaknesses. It happens all the time, all the time. We have killers in our life. Like, like we, have, we have killers like um, addictions. We have things like addictions that, that are in our life. We have people with, with alcohol and substance abuse uh, addictions. We have people with porn addictions. And, and, and whenever we lose sight of them, whenever we lose sight of how deadly they really are and how bad they really are, we just kind of go about our life without even really paying attention to it. And we wonder why we struggle with a porn addiction whenever we have total privacy and, and, and we have the wrong kind of people inputting into our life. And, and, and we're like, well, why am I struggling with this? Well, why do you think? We, we don't want to be judgmental anymore. We don't want to be gossipers, but we hang around that same group that loves to spill the tea, right? And we just think, well, maybe if I just try harder, maybe if I just put more human effort into this, maybe if I try to not do it, then I won't do it. You're living on borrowed time. You're not seeing things accurately. You, you think you're stronger than you are. You think you can do it yourself. You think you can turn your back to your sin, to your struggles, to your weaknesses. You can't. You have got to keep an eye on the killer, because the killer is called the killer for a reason. <laughs> Wants to kill you, to kill the potential that God has placed in your life, the purpose that God created you for, our enemy wants to snuff it out. It's what we just discussed in our last series, Discussion with the Devil. That is the goal of the enemy. I want Whatever God has created us for, relationship with him, relationship with each other, he wants to kill that any, any, any way he can. That's the end game. That is the win. The, the killer, our sin, and our weakness will kill us. So if we want to stay alive, if we want to survive the horror movie, we got to keep our eyes on the killer. We can't turn our back on it. We, we can't get our attention diverted. We have got to keep eyes on the killer. This is why, okay, an awareness of my weakness is key to living a fulfilling future. Like if you want a fulfilling future, you need to have an awareness of your weakness. You can't be blissfully ignorant or blind to it or not see it for what it is. You've got to keep an eye on the killer. Um, this, uh, a few weeks back now, it's been about two weeks, I think, I had a pretty, pretty big health scare. <laughs> I've had a pretty big health scare um, late at night. Uh, uh, all of a sudden, I, the best way I can think of to describe it, it's like the inside of my body, it's like someone took a big bucket of ice water and dumped it. That's what it felt like. It was that sudden rushed through my whole body, tingling in my fingers and my legs, uh, uh, tightness across my chest. I thought heart attack or something. I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, this is crazy. Um, all that, I, the impending sense of doom, right? Where you're like, oh crap, I'm, okay, good thing my life insurance policy is up today. Like just scary, scary stuff. A whole lot of different symptoms. Um, you know, whenever the paramedics came, they did certain tests, and then I went to the hospital, uh, and the next day at my doctor, they're like, hey, what kind of test do you want done? I'm like, what kind of test do I not want done? Like, you give me the gamut. I'll, yeah, we were joking in between services. I'll take a pregnancy test. You give me every test 
I'll take it. <laughs> I will pee on that stick. I'll do everything I need to do to find out what's going on, right? Because, because it was that scary. It was, it was a scary moment. You guys will be proud of me, though. Weeks back, it's been a while back, no, we were, we were talking about worry, and I was saying it's like WebMD. It never makes the situation better. It just causes you to worry more. You guys will be proud of me. I stayed off WebMD. I'm like, nope, I'm not, not doing that. <laughs> I'm not getting, getting on WebMD. Uh, but I wanted them to give me every test that I could. Like the one, they're like, I'm not sure if your insurance will cover it. We're like, we don't care. <laughs> me and Jessica were like, we don't care. Just, just do it. And the whole reason I wanted all these tests done the whole reason is because I wanted to know what my weakness was. I wanted to know. And so the test comes back. And isn't this frustrating whenever the test comes back and everything looks good? Like I had the blood draw. They did everything. They're like, your cholesterol, sodium, sugar. Like literally everything is not just in like the decent range. It's all in the like, no, it's where it needs to be. It, it all looks good. And I'm like, awesome. Wait, what? <laughs> well, then what, like what happened? It's frustrating because you want to know because that's a weakness. Some, something was wrong there, and I want to know what went wrong. Now, why? <laughs> because I want to be able to treat it. I want to be able to handle it. I want to be able to kill it if I can. I don't, I don't want this thing lingering in my life. I need to have an awareness of my weakness, right? We know that when it comes to our physical body. We, we know we need to be aware if we have cancer, if we have a, a disease or an issue. We need to be aware of that, right? The same is so much truer whenever it comes to our spiritual health. We need to be aware of our weakness. We need to be aware of our sin. We need to be aware of where we are falling short. That's why David is praying, search me, oh God, Search me, know my heart, test me, know my anxious thoughts, point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. God, help me. Point this stuff out. Show me what is truly going on here because I know I have weaknesses. I know I have weaknesses that I'm not even seeing and God, I need your help. I need you to point these things out to me because I need to know my weakness. Tell the person next to you, I need to know my weakness. I need to know my weakness. Put it in the chat online. And if you're the spouse of the person next to you, you can just tell them, I'll be happy to point out your weakness. You tell me, you tell me how much time you got. We can, <laughs> we can go all day. <laughs> I, I need to know my weakness and you need to know your weakness because you need to know how to treat it, how to fight it, how to kill it. You need to know what your sin is. You need to know what your struggle is. You need to know where your weakness is so you can fight it, so you can treat it, so you can kill it. And this is why this is so vital and why it's so important. When you are blind to your weaknesses, to your sins, to your struggles, when you're blind to them, you make poor decisions and you don't even know you are. That is a terrifying place to be where you're not intentionally making bad decisions, you're making bad decisions and you don't even realize it. Pistol Pete Maravich, one of the greatest players uh, during the 70s, uh, th this guy who's a basketball player, he was Showtime before Showtime. I'm telling you, go on YouTube, look up Pistol Pete Maravich, some of his highlights. The stuff he did back in the 70s, if they did it today, people would be like, what in the world? Did you see that play last night? Like this guy was incredible, just an amazing ball handler, amazing player in the NBA. And he died, died at a very young age. He died during a practice, during a practice. His team was practicing, uh, uh, died during a practice. He had a heart issue that he had no idea about. Now you would be thinking, Pistol Pete Maravich, this dude, he's in great shape. He plays basketball. He's a professional athlete. He takes good care of his body. You would think he's doing exactly what you should do. 
cardiovascular exercise, right? That's good for you. Yeah, it is in most cases, unless of course you have a massive heart issue where overexpending and overtaxing your heart can lead it to just give out on you. That's exactly what happened with him. He was making decisions. He was doing things that most people go, yep, man, healthy. He's doing exactly what you should, but he didn't know his weakness. It ended up taking his life. The same thing happens with us whenever we are not alert and aware and cognizant of our shortcomings. They can take us out. We can make poor decisions and we don't even realize we're doing it. That's why so many people jump from relationship to relationship to relationship and they're like, well, what in the world? I, I just have the worst luck in the world. <laughs> I keep finding moron after moron after moron, right? It's always somebody else. It's because they're blind to their own issues and their own baggage that they're taking from relationship to relationship. You have people who go from job to job to job, career, 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 and they feel like, well, all these just are terrible. None of them fit me. None of them in the right way, not at all addressing what's going on in my heart, what's going on in here, what's making it where I can never feel fulfilled anywhere I go. People do that moving from town to town. People do that moving from major in college to major in college. When we don't know our weakness, our sin, our struggle, we make poor decisions and we don't even realize it. We have got to see things clearly. We gotta pray, God, help me to see what I need to see. Help me to pay attention to what I need to pay attention to. Help me to see my sins and my weaknesses and my struggles for what they actually are. Now, this is easier said than done to be like, okay, just see yourself clearly. See your sins and your struggles and your weaknesses clearly. This is a lot easier said than done because the fact is you and I don't see clearly. (laughs) I'm telling you, you need to see it clearly, but you don't and neither do I. This is how the Apostle Paul phrases it in 1 Corinthians 13. Right now, we are seeing things in part. We are not seeing in full. Anyone who thinks they have a grasp truly on what's going on is kidding themselves. We only see in part. How he phrases it, it's it's like we are seeing through a dim glass, through a foggy glass, through a dark lens. We do not see things accurately. We can't see the forest through the trees right now. But that's why I love what David prayed for. Whenever we read in Psalm 131, did you notice what David didn't pray for? David didn't say, God, give me the strength to do what I know I need to do. Because I got it all figured out. God, I don't need your help identifying my weaknesses, my struggles, my sin areas, because I already got that. I've, I've done a self-audit. <laughs> I, I know where I struggle, and I know my areas. I don't need your input on that. All I need is your help in making me uh, more likely to get rid of these things. That's all I need. That's not what David prayed for, was it? David prayed, search me, God. God, I need your help. I I want your eyes. I I want you to point out anything in me that offends you, that goes against your word, that goes against your way. I want you to point it out because God, I know I don't see clearly. I know I'm not seeing things for what they are, so search me, God. Know my heart, test me, know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. Listen to how many ways he's pretty much rephrasing the same thing. It's because he knows I can't do it. (laughs) I can't do it on my own. I cannot see my weaknesses the way I need to. God, I need you to reveal the the truth of my situation to me. I need you to reveal the reality of what the killers in my life truly are because I'm very likely to, to focus on things that are, yeah, they're kind of important, but I'll completely neglect this gigantic thing over in the corner. I'll completely ignore this thing that actually is going to kill the potential that God's put into my life. And so God, I need you to point, point it out. Show me what offends you. Show me the thing that is going to snuff out the potential and the purpose 
for my life. We need that because we can't see it clearly and God can because guess what? No one knows you like God knows you. No one. No one knows you like God knows you, which means no one knows your weaknesses like God knows your weaknesses. No one knows your struggles like God knows your struggles, including you. He knows you better than you know yourself. It's why David's praying this. It's why he's saying, God, I need you to search me because I, I know me. I, I, I can't see it right. It's, it's like those um, uh, Febreze commercials. You remember those nose blind? You've gone nose blind to it. Me, me and Jessica, whenever we have like family over that we're like, we can trust. <laughs> we're like, hey, is it stinking here? Is it good? Are we, are we okay? Not, not because like we're stinky people. I don't want, like what in the world? Why would it stink? Like it's not, it's not that. But we got, a, we got a little kid who wears diapers still. And that smell, that can linger. Like it can just, it can linger. We got a little dog and he's a, he's a dog. Dogs can just smell, right? Like, and so we can ask people like, hey, we're here 24-7. It, it could, there could be something that we're just completely unaware of. Like, there, it really could be. And the same is true in such a greater way of our sin. We can become so nose-blind to it, to our struggles, to our weaknesses. We think it's something else. Like, we can be in a small group talking about, oh, this is what I'm really struggling with. And everybody else in the group who really knows us is like, that's what they think they struggle with? Ooh, man, I would, uh, are, <laughs> like, what are, what are they not seeing here, right? Because we can become so nose-blind to it. We can just completely miss it. God never misses it. Our view is limited, his view is unlimited. He sees everything. He knows us better than we know ourselves. Um, it makes me think, my daughters, um, Eden and Evelyn, <clears throat> these kids love their bedtime snacks. Like, it's their favorite thing. Their favorite thing is their, be <laughs> their bedtime snacks. Now, here's <clears throat> the thing that's like frustrating about it. Unless me and Jessica remember to call the snack, this is your bedtime snack, they always expect there to be one more final snack of the night. Are you following me? Like, it can be midnight, and they could have just eaten something, and we're like, okay, time to go to bed. And they'll, whoa, time out? What about a bedtime snack? Like, it's like, well, what do you think you just ate? You didn't say, like, they're, it's like you're talking to a lawyer. Excuse me, uh, paragraph two, you did not say this was a bedtime snack. Uh, and so it's, it's so, it's like so frustrating, right? So, the other night this had happened and I'm talking to the girls and I, I said it to Eden and I'm just kind of like chuckling. I'm like, you guys, and I'm, I'm just explaining what I just explained to you. Like, you guys kill me. Like, unless me and mommy explicitly say it, it can be as late as it, as late as it can possibly be and you still are gonna expect another snack. And Eden, she's the firstborn. She thinks she's a little adult. So like that offends her. She's like, I'm, I'm like more civilized than that. That's not, that's not how I would work. And I don't do that. I don't do that. And we're like, yes, you do. You do. She's like, no, I don't. I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever, whatever. We'll see. Sure enough, like two nights later, it's a Friday night. They stay up late because it's a Friday. It's like 10.45. They had just had, and please don't judge me, they just had like Funyuns, I think. It was like Funyuns, which <laughs> should have changed it to be like, they just had apple slices and a glass of whole milk, and we were sending them up to bed with their devotional for the night. Like, that's what I should have said. No, it's Funyuns. We're like, just go up, tuck yourselves in, please. It's been a long day. <laughs> they, they finished their Funyuns, and they're like, we're telling him, okay, time to go upstairs and, and, and brush your teeth uh, as soon as you guys are done here in a little bit. And Eden's like, wait, but we didn't even, and all I did was look at her, just look at her. And she just grins, like, and leaves. I'm like, because you know, you know what I'm talking about. You remember that conversation. 
And you, you, you think that me and mommy don't know you. Man, we know you. We, we know you better than you know yourself. We know your habits. We know your tendencies. We know your strengths. We know your weaknesses. We know you better than you even know yourself. Now, if me, a father who will send their kid to bed with Funyuns as a bedtime snack, if I know that stuff about my kids, how much more so does our heavenly father say, man, I know you. Like, come on, who... You can think you're fooling everybody else. You can even think you're fooling yourself, but you can't fool me. I know you, and I know your weaknesses better than you know it. You think you need to focus on this whenever I'm telling you, no, it's this. You, you think you know your struggles. You think you know the, the root cause of all these things. You don't know yourself like I know you. No one knows me like God knows me. That's why I need to rely on him because he's got eyes on it. And here's the great thing. Whatever killer you're dealing with, whatever struggle you have in your life, here's what's so amazing. God has spoken to it. He's spoken to it. I know it can feel like, oh, this is outdated. This was written, you know, 2,000, 3,000, some things, 4,000 plus years ago. How can that really speak to today? Here's the thing. Yes, we deal with a lot of issues that are very 2022 specific, right? But the, deal, the things that we're dealing with, they're, they're symptoms, they're the sneezing and the coughing and the runny nose, but those aren't really the main things, right? There, there's a cold virus. There's a cold virus that needs to be dealt with. Those are all symptoms. And so, yeah, some of the symptoms that we deal with today feel very 2022 20, specific, but the virus has been spoken to. It's been spoken to. Every issue we deal with has been spoken to. God has spoken to it. One of the biggest issues that people have today, we see it all over the place, worry, anxiety, you know how often scripture speaks to that? <laughs> That's not a modern issue. It's a timeless issue. Scripture talks about it over and over again. Matthew chapter six, Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. If God's taking care of the birds and the animals, he's gonna take care of you. First Peter chapter five, Peter says, hey, all of your cares, all of your anxieties, all of your worries, cast them upon God because he can handle it. We, he, he speaks to it. He speaks to the killers in our life. And here's what's so great. He didn't just speak to it. He continues to speak to it. The power of the Holy Spirit will confirm and will speak in our hearts. That is the thing that's, this is not what separates us from every other religion. Every religion has one of these. Every religion has a book that they think is their holy book. The difference is the person who wrote our book, the God-inspired book, he's still alive. He's still active. He still has power in the world and he is still speaking today. And so Jesus didn't just speak to things like worry. He's continuing to speak and to minister to our hearts today about those very same things. He continues to speak. So when we go through these things, when we face the killers in our life, we have a God who has spoken to it and continues to speak to it. That right there, that is why daily Bible reading, daily prayer, daily communion with God, however you need to do it, daily communion with God is so vital. Now, how often did I say? What? Daily, daily. You know why you need to do it daily? Because keeping an eye on the killer is a constant task. This is not a one and done thing where it's like, well, I got that done. That sin is completely over with. That struggle will never happen again. I'll never have to face that weakness one more time. That's not how it works. Keeping an eye on the killer is a constant task. That's why, listen again to the opening phrases in the book of Proverbs uh, chapter four. Listen to this. Uh, he says this, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. He, he is just imploring us, hey, don't lose sight of this. 
Don't lose sight of this. No, not just today. Don't lose sight of it going forward. Pay attention. I don't want what I say to you to just be something that you hear and then it kind of trickles off. I want this to penetrate deep into your heart. You need to be constantly paying attention, constantly not losing sight, constantly letting God's word penetrate to your heart because keeping an eye on the killer is a constant task. We have got to constantly keep our eye on the killer. You see, in horror movies, killers never die. They're just rebooted, <laughs> right? Like, like on October 14th, Halloween Ends comes out. That's the name of the movie, Halloween Ends. Yeah, right. <laughs> like in, in, in three, four, five years, it's gonna be rebooted. Someone else is gonna do it. Someone else is gonna start over and do their own play on Michael Myers because killers never die. They're just rebooted. They keep coming back. And so issues, and I, I know I can attest to this, Pastor Brenda, Pastor Donnie, I'm sure they could too. When I talk with people, whenever I, I meet with people and counsel, mentor, so often the issues that we talk about are not new issues. It's not like, wow, this just came up. I, I'm just now dealing with this. Almost always, <laughs> the issue that we talk about is something that stems way back. This may be a new manifestation of that issue, but it's the same issue people have been dealing with almost their whole lives. You know this. Where, where were my kids who, whenever you were in fifth grade, you were the kid who procrastinated on that like big board project and like the night before, yes, there's my people, anybody online, the night before you need like a poster board and all this different stuff and you're like, mom, I know it's 10 o'clock at night, but like there's a project due tomorrow and I need this big board, I need all this different stuff, right? You, you put it off until the last minute and then chances are, if that was you, when you went to high school, you were the person who like had a, a homework due the next day and you're working on, you're pulling an all-nighter working on it to make sure that you get it in on time. And then chances are, if that was you in elementary and in high school, you're the person who in college, like you gotta get that paper in by midnight and it's 11.59, you're like, come on, refresh, refresh. <laughs> like you're trying to do anything you can to get it in. And, and we can feel like, oh, that's, but that was the immature me. That was the young me. I'm, I'm so much more refined and I'm an adult now and that's not me anymore. But chances are, if those were you, if that was you in elementary and in high school, in college, you now are the person who you've got a work meeting on Tuesday where you're supposed to give a report and Monday night, you're up all night working on that thing, like trying, trying to get it in, right? Because procrastination, this issue wasn't like a one and done. It wasn't like, oh, I just did it that one time in elementary school, but no, not anymore. I've never struggled with it ever again. That's not most people. <laughs> like 99% of people know you have an issue, you have a weakness, you have a struggle. It's something that's going to keep resurfacing. People who are coming out of addiction, it's not like, well, done, <laughs> done. I'm completely good. I'm never gonna have any issue. No, a lot of people, it's like, man, I can't, can't be around people drinking. I gotta isolate myself from a lot of these things. I gotta isolate myself from that substance, from those people, from these situations. I gotta take a different way home from work. Like, I, I gotta do all of these things because it's that important. Keeping an eye on the killer is a constant task that we can't lose sight of. We, we so often think like life is just a, after we come to Jesus, that it's just this up and to the right. It's not, it's not. We have struggles, we have fights, we have weaknesses. My, my wife, Jessica, whenever she was younger, she was afraid of heights, didn't like roller coasters or anything like that. Then started to be good with them. Like she would ride like at Cedar Point, the Iron Dragon, if you guys know that, which a lot of people are like, oh, that's adorable. She would ride the Iron Dragon. <laughs> she would ride like the Iron Dragon, the cable car, stuff like that. Um, 
But she would do those no problem. She would do the Raptor, like did the Raptor no problem. Um, but then like some years passed where she hadn't gone on rides for a while. And then whenever we go back to Cedar Point, rides that she used to be good with, they're like kind of tripping her out a little bit. Like, oh man, I feel anxiety that I never felt before on these. This is, this is weird. But here's the thing, it's not weird. <laughs> we just think that stuff like once you conquer it, oh, it's been conquered. It's been defeated. It's just over with. I never have to worry or think about it anymore. That's not accurate. We've got to keep an eye on the killer. It's not just this perpetual up and to the right. Like, there's fights, there's struggles. We've got to keep an eye on our weaknesses, on our struggles, on our sins. Keeping an eye on the killer is a constant task. It doesn't just die and go away. It needs dealt with constantly. It needs dealt with constantly. So if you want to live to see the sequel, if you want to live and survive the horror movie moments of your life, you have got to, you've got to constantly keep an eye on the killer in your life. Now, as we get ready to close out today, I want to point something out. Have you noticed the, the, the killers that I've talked about today? Things like gossip, addiction, habits, procrastination, things like that. Those are very intentional and specific why I've talked about those because those are the things that really, really hurt us. Like things like those are the things that really, really hurt us. And why I've made such a big effort to talk about those today is because if you notice those killers, they're not out here. <laughs> they're here. They're right here. And what I, what I worry about, and there's some truth in this, but this is, this is something that not just Christian culture can do. This is something that every group of people can do. We can swing the pendulum way too far one way or the other, whatever. Honestly, it's, it's really in the middle a lot. We have swung the pendulum so far in the way of, oh, the world, Ooh, the world's out to get us. The world's out to get our kids. The world's out to get our marriage and the world's out to get our, our lives and our finances and the world's out to do this and the world's out to do that. Ooh, the world, the world. We can be so focused on the evil out there, which don't get me wrong, there are powers of darkness at work in our world. Yes, there are. Like, I, I am not downplaying that one bit. There's bad things going on out there. But we can become so hyper-focused on what's going on out there that we forget the evil that can lurk in here. We forget the weaknesses, the struggles, the sins that we can struggle with right here. This is where we find them. Not out here somewhere, but right here close to us. So this is what I wanna, uh, I wanna read to you just one more time from uh, uh, Psalm, or yeah, from uh, uh, Psalm 139, uh, verse 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. And then this last verse in Proverbs chapter four, verse 23. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. We read that. Guard my heart, guard my heart. And so often we think of it as like, okay, I need to guard my heart from that, all the evil out here. Like there's all this evilness and wickedness out here and I need to guard my heart from it. Listen to what it says in Jeremiah chapter 17, uh, verse nine. This is, this is scripture, this is scripture. Jeremiah 17, nine. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who can really know how bad it really is? You read that, and suddenly Proverbs 4 takes on a completely different tone, doesn't it? You read that about the condition of the human heart apart from God, that it is desperately wicked. Who in the world can even know how bad it really is? And then we read Proverbs 4, guard your heart. <laughs> 
Maybe the, the guarding that we're doing, maybe the guarding that needs to happen is not simply protecting it from the world, but protecting it from itself. We need to protect ourselves from ourselves. The, the horror movie, When a Stranger Calls, girl thinks there's a killer outside the house. Person's been calling her, calling her and tormenting her. Finally, she calls the police and says, can you trace this call, see where it's coming from? And what do the police tell her? Calls coming from inside the house. This whole time, she thought the killer, she thought the person who wanted to snuff her life out was outside of the four walls. And the police are like, nah, killer's inside. We may be looking at the wrong place when we are looking to identify the killer in our life. The killer could be a whole lot closer than we realize it is. This is what I'll say, outside of the devil, which we talked about last series, outside of the devil, nobody lies to you like you lie to you. Nobody. You, you sugarcoat your sin. You explain away your weaknesses. You, 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 you have every reason in the world for why you struggle with those things. And you can overlook stuff that you need to be paying attention to. Nobody lies to you like you lie to you. Nobody is gonna lie to me and feed me more crap than me. It's me. It's on me. The killer is inside the house. The killer isn't just out there. Now, this can sound hopeless, this can sound hopeless to be like, well, okay, I, I have to be careful because the, the killers in my life can, can take me down and, and I'm the killer? Like, what? Like, what do, I, what do I do with that? It can feel like a hopeless situation if it wasn't for God, if it wasn't specifically for the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our life. If it wasn't for that, it would be hopeless. But listen to this. I, I want you to listen. This is, this is Jeremiah 17, what we just read. Jeremiah 17, nine, the heart is deceitful above all else. I wanna read to you the verses that come right before it, okay? This is what it says. This is what it says, starting in verse five. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in human effort, those who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. So cursed are people who think I can handle this on my own. Cursed are people who think my human effort, I can see just fine. Thank you very much, God. I know my weaknesses. I know my struggles. I know my sin. I don't need your input. Like, I already know where I struggle, and I, I can just kind of avoid the other things. I don't need the whole daily prayer, daily scripture reading. That's for other people. I already know my weak points. I can, I can handle it myself. Cursed are those people. This is what will happen to them. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They're not making it to the sequel, <laughs> They're not gonna make it to the credits rolling at the end of the movie. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited, salty land. But, but, so that, that's the future of people who are trying to navigate and keep an eye on things from their own effort, from their own human perspective. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and their confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. That is what happens whenever we trust in God, when we put our hope and our faith and our confidence in him and we say, you know what, God? I am going to humble myself. I'm going to humble myself and just full on admit, I do not see things correctly. I just don't. I don't see my weaknesses right. I don't see my strengths right. I don't see my sin right on my own. I'm gonna excuse things away. I'm gonna sugarcoat. I'm gonna overlook and I'm gonna be blind to the true issues in my life. So God, I, I wanna keep an eye on my killer. Help me to see what I need to see. 
Give me your eyes. Search my heart, God. Point out anything. I don't want to be the one saying, maybe it's this, maybe it's this. No, God, I want you to speak to me, and I know you're going to do that as I pray through the power of the Holy Spirit. I know you're going to do that as I read your word. You're going to point out and illuminate in my life killers that if I do not address them will take me out. I promise you, I promise you, as you do that, as you do that, as you take God at his word and you put your hope and your faith and your confidence in him rather than in yourself, you will start to see things get pointed out in your life. Buckle up <laughs> because, because change is coming. The Holy Spirit will start confirming in your heart, I, I can't do that anymore. Man, I can't, I gotta keep an eye on that. I can't talk like that anymore. That's just, that's, that's not giving life to anybody. I, I can't talk like that. I can't, I can't just hang around that group 100% uh, of the time. I, I, I'm gonna have to change some things. God will point those things out in your life. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you listen to him, if you listen to him, you will start to see that you are walking down the path of everlasting life. You are walking towards a fulfilling future. Not saying it'll be easy, but my goodness, it will be worth it. It'll be worth it. Let me pray for you real quick. Father God, we thank you so much for the truth of your word that you have illuminated for us today. God, help us to see as you see. We wanna have your eyes. I think about the prayer of Elisha as he prayed that God would open up his servant's eyes that he could see. That's what we're asking today. God, open up our eyes to see with your eyes. We wanna be able to see our life. We wanna be able to see our weaknesses, our struggles, and our sin as you see it. We wanna address the things that we know have the potential to snuff our life out. And God, we can't see accurately. We need your help. So God, do just that through the power of your Holy Spirit. Speak to our lives, speak to our hearts. Help us to see the things in our life that offend you, point them out, and lead us on the path to everlasting life, to a fulfilling future. We love you so much, Father. And we pray all this in your name, amen. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to contact us or find out more about our ministry, head over to our website at cornerstonechurch.info. Have a great week.